If they had lived in Old Testament times, they would have undoubtedly been stoned or mauled by bears. If they had lived in the time of Jesus, he would have rolled his eyes at them endlessly as he exercised their demons. If they had lived during the Reformation, Martin Luther would have nailed his 95 Thesis to their foreheads. But lo and behold, here we are, and somehow, each of them is responsible for leading the church in a different way. There's Kendall, the youth minister and mustache expert. Hunter, the rookie youth minister with the hair of Absalom. Coach Rhodes, a pre-youth minister whose observations leave you wondering, why? And Brandon, who's abandoned his youth ministry roots and is now largely useless. It's the Practical for the Pew podcast. Yay! Hey, it's Brandon from Practical for the Pew podcast. We are super excited to continue our conversation that we started last week. We're continuing through part two of Nick Ripkin's The Insanity of Obedience, and we still need to hear the main takeaways from both Hunter and Coach Rhodes. So we're going to dive right back into the conversation. Hope you guys enjoy. Hunter, that leads us to you. Um, what was what was the biggest thing you got out of this, or, or your main idea that you want to talk about? Uh, so, I mean, mine is kind of right there with Kindles. Um, but in fact, I did read the whole thing since I picked the book. Hey, I felt I like you know you're an overachiever, Hunter, and I appreciate that about you. <laughs> you always have been. <laughs> I, I appreciate the encouragement, Matt. Um, you know, I'm like always a here. Little, a little slighted, but hey, we still love each other. Um, just, just so everyone's at home, that was sarcasm because I once sat in Hunter's room in college and watched him have a 15 page paper that he hadn't started yet as he watched Phantom of the Opera at 11. What a great movie, by the way, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I am a huge fan of musicals. So, um, I feel like our listeners could, you know, live in solidarity with that, but sometimes it's okay to procrastinate. Um, but you know, it still got done. Maybe there was a penalty, but maybe not. Um, so <laughs> yeah, there's probably a penalty on it, <laughs> but regardless, um, my, my main point out of this, um, is, is kind of a point of encouragement, kind of a point of, um, opening up your own heart and asking questions rather than being defensive. Cause oftentimes it's, it's so much easier to defend yourself than it is to take constructive criticism. So um, I'm just going to read a very small excerpt out of um, this book. And what it's talking about was the first type of persecution that Kindle brought up. And, and that was the top down persecution from the state. And so just let me, let me jump in and, and read this real quick. It says in the 1960s, the Chinese government wrote in a secret white paper concerning faith in China. Quote, the church in China has grown too large and too deep. We cannot kill it. We have determined to give the church properties, buildings, seminaries, and denominational headquarters so as to make the church rich. Once we do that, we will be more successful in controlling the church. End quote. He said, I saw an English translation of this paper given by a believer inside a government to a friend. And he said, this is prophetic and hard word for the church in the West today. And, and I completely concur with that. It, that's hard to know. 
that in the 1960s, they thought the best opportunity to kill the church was to give it what it was asking for. Because you know how oftentimes did we see that as um, in, in scripture, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, is judges, you know, they kept asking for a judge or they kept asking for a king, you know, something physical and, and they didn't get what they wanted. And, you know, we, we wanted to come, we wanted to conquer, we wanted freedom um, and something we have to realize. And, and this is, this is coming very softly. I'm not attacking anybody. I want to make that clear. Like, I want to have an open dialogue because if we don't have a constructive criticism, we're not going to grow as a church and we're not going to grow as a people. So hear my heart in that, that this is just a conversation. This is not me attacking you. And and this is something I struggle with as well. But if there's something, and, and I think we've talked about it before, or I know at least all together we've talked about it, that, you know, Satan's biggest tactic was to make us comfortable here in the West. And this is prim- primarily, I don't think, um, in the um, statistics that Brandon gave us about our listeners, about you guys, I don't think anybody's outside the United States. So I'm primarily speaking to you guys that Satan came and gave us the ability to be free and gave us the ability to um, be comfortable. And you, you might push back and say, well, yeah, um, we, we have to ask God to bless this nation and stuff like that. I don't disagree. Um, God has blessed us in many ways for us to be born here. Uh, we are definitely privileged by that. But what I'm saying is Satan has um, distorted the gospel here to say, if you're comfortable, that's okay. And, and we start to take on this this mentality of um, Revelation 3, this this uh, Laodicea. You know, um, John's talking about the churches that... Um, and so in... Laodicea, he, he, they're just being comfortable. And God says he's going to spit them out of his mouth because they're lukewarm. And not saying that that's us. We're not saying that we're Rome. Um, but what we are saying is we are comfortable. Um, and this is more of an intrinsic thought. This is for you to be intuitive about yourself. Are you too comfortable right now to share the gospel? Are you too comfortable um, in your fear of persecution that you're not going to go out? and literally just tell your neighbor about Jesus because you feared ridicule? Um, are we too comfortable? And and that's something that's that's been on my heart too. Like that's something I struggle with. I'm a product of this society. I, I understand what it's like to be comfortable. Um, so, so it's just a thought to you guys and to our listeners. Um, are we too comfortable right now to share the gospel? And do we fully comprehend that? Do we fully understand what freedom actually means? And so... Um, that's, that's, that's where I'll finish. Very good. Um, Kendall, do you have anything to add to that? What Hunter said? Um, um no, no, not really. I mean, cause I just, I know that that's one thing that Hunter is really passionate about. And, and honestly, most of Hunter Nine's conversations, uh, when we call each other FaceTime or whatever, at some point, uh, we end up talking about, man, just comfortability, you know, just that um, we've we've fed into this lie in America. And this is not just the church. This is our culture. We fed into this lie that um, we are at our best and we are growing at our most when we are comfortable and when we are happy. And that's just not true. Um, just not true at all. 
even you look in the gospels, like, so are you saying that Jesus is on the cross? Like, I mean, he wasn't happy. He wasn't wanting to be in that situation and he was sweating blood. So he was uncomfortable. Like, um, our growth and our, our servanthood comes out of a place of uncomfortability and, um, not always necessarily wanting to be there. Um, and that's okay. You know, there's been kids that we, we had a garage sale Saturday and some kids, their parents made them come and they were grumpy the first couple hours, but they worked really hard. And then later they came up to me, they started having fun. And like, man, Kendall, I'm so sorry for my attitude earlier. And I'm like, your attitude didn't affect anyone else. I could see that you were grumpy, but you still worked with a great attitude. And sometimes that's where we got to start is, you know what, God, I don't necessarily want to do this, but that's my flesh. My spirit does want to do this. And I'm going to trust that you're, that I'm going to lean into the spirit. You're going to guide me. Yeah. A lot of times when we're leaning into the spirit, it's comfortable and that's okay. And to learn to be, to learn to be comfortable in uncomfortability is a major, I think, growth spot in our spiritual maturity. So yeah, Hunter really just crushed it on the head. Yeah. Um, but Brandon, before you go here, um, to piggyback off of what Kendall said, I want to, I want to bring a little, I did to the table um, from the book on page 115 and it's a question and then I'll have you proceed. But um, the question is, it's more of a statement, but here it is. It says, thank God we live in a country where we are free to worship. You know, that's usually, that's usually a comment that we have, you know, be, be thankful that we're here, that we can be free to worship. Like we don't have to face a lot of stuff. Like we can go worship, but instead of that, um, we never really hear this. And this is something that we should hear more often. Thank God we live in a country where we are free to witness. And I think that's kind of the way that the hunter is going about this is, yeah, that we need to be uncomfortable because, but yet we're so comfortable with, with not, with not witnessing. We're so comfortable with not going out and, and trying to make disciples, but we really need to have that statement behind us. Thank God we live in a country where we are free to witness. So there's really nothing that should be holding us back. Brandon, go. Um. <laughs> Brandon, yeah. go. <laughs> First, I do want to correct one thing Hunter said. Um, 1% of our listening audience resides in Russia. So uh, greetings uh, to our Russian friends. Um, that? I don't know. Probably a bot. I don't know. Or if you're not a bot, thank you so much for listening. And please, please add your input. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Bot need Jesus too. I, I, I shouldn't just write them off like that. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, two, I will say, um, everything you've said, like you, like Hunter said, it, it's very uncomfortable. Um, but I think Rhodes, I think the quote that you gave tells us it's more of a mind shift. Um, it, it's a different way of looking at things. Uh, it, it's not necessarily, you know, uh, condemning anything. It's just, okay, we need to think about what our blessings truly are or what our freedoms really are. Um, and so that definitely mind shift is difficult, but I, I think it comes back to um, the discipleship issue of, are we living out our faith beyond the church walls? Like, are we really living out what we say we believe? Uh, and that's, uh, I don't know, it, that's convicting for me before it is to anybody else. Like, I've given my life to theological study, but do I really live that out every moment of every day? Am I, am I really pursuing Jesus uh, when nobody's watching or uh, when I'm hanging out with non-Christian friends? 
so it if we focus our mind uh take captive every thought and make it obedient to christ second corinthians 10 uh are, are we really doing that and living it out i, I think that's uh, part of it well hunter do you have any closing thoughts um regarding your statements love jesus amen Amen. All right. And then I'm going to get into my uh, main idea and I, it's kind of jumbled around a little bit, but I, I am a literacy teacher and, um, that's, that's, I am, I am. I'm teaching, I'm teaching literacy this year. I thought you taught science. Last year I taught science, but this year I'm teaching literacy. That transition makes sense. It does make a little bit of sense. You're about to find out Kendall. Since you didn't read the book, but um, I freaking book. Okay, I'm just giving you fair warning that Kendall did not read the book, and he's about to find out. Here we go. Um, so on page 128, there's a quote, and um, it really kind of rings a bell since you know I am teaching a class about reading and writing and stuff like that. Um, the quote says, "It is crucial to keep in mind that more than 83 percent of the world's unreached people cannot functionally read or write." I'm going to say that one more time. It's crucial to keep in mind that more than 83% of the world's unreached people cannot functionally read or write. And I say that to say, we as Christians, it's not always going to, to be the way we want, to, want it to be in terms of, in terms of sharing the gospel. Um, we, all, we have to let God work. We have to let God work in those different situations. Um, you know, he does depend on us. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us, but he does depend on us. And um, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to move. We have to rely on on, on being in prayer and, and talking with God and, and allowing him to, to move us um, where, where, where he wants us. And um, that's just, that comes with being humble before God also, but also understand that, that God is diverse and that he works in, in many, many ways. And um, he's out to reach people for him. Like he, he wants people to come to him. And it's not only the literate. He wants the literate and the illiterate to come to know him. Jesus is for the literate and the illiterate. And we are a part of bringing Jesus to those people, whether they are literate or whether they are illiterate. And... Um, that's just it's just very interesting to know that that in different backgrounds um, that that God moves in different ways and and it's through through storytelling through 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 sharing the gospel message through through different stories from Scripture or it may be actually from reading reading text reading the Bible if if people are literate like and so it's just there's just different ways that that God can use us and and just exploring those ways and so that leads. Um, Brandon, Brandon, what do you have? What do you have to say about that at all? Well, it, it makes me think uh, of a Groeschel quote or a Life Church quote, uh, where they say to do things uh, or to reach people nobody's reaching, we have to do things that nobody's doing. Uh, so, Ripken, you know, he's talking a lot about what's happening across the globe. Uh, and I keep trying to think, okay, how does this impact me? How does this truth of this principle that he's uncovered impact me and my church? Uh, to me, it, you know, I live in one of the poorest counties in Oklahoma, if not the poorest county in Oklahoma. So 
literacy may or may not be an issue. I would have to look at stats, but there are issues that are keeping people from Jesus here. Um, so is the normal way that we do church reaching them? Uh, if not, what do I need to do different? Uh, kind of like what you're saying. I mean, if people aren't literate, is it, and that's what Ripken says, is it worthwhile to teach them how to read? Or should we just start teaching them gospel stories and let them run with that? Because that's what they're used to. And that's what's actually working and spreading like wildfire. So I, I just look at the principle at, at what we need to do to be better. Kendall? Uh, yeah. I don't have any anything else to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> you kind of you kind of stumped me there for a second. I was kind of expecting you to say something, but um, all right, Hunter, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, just the fact that sometimes we suck. Um, this is um, not against anybody, but. We really like to have our own ideals. We like to be right. And we like to, um, for the lack of a better term, or maybe I'm just not, uh, don't have the knowledge of others, but sometimes we just really love to colonize things and not to make a political stance. Or if you get triggered by that, I'm sorry, uh, read a history book. And if, and if you haven't or you do get upset by that, I'll read the history book with you and it'll be a fun journey. But sometimes we like to colonize things and we like to assume that people are in the same spot we are. And that's not the case. And, and Brandon's right. Like we got to, we got to do things different. Uh, Speaking of Craig Rochelle, like we, we just have to witness in different ways. And we're seeing that in our country. Uh, People, people like to be wooed. They like to, I feel like they're going to a show rather than church sometimes. Like that's just where we're at. And we have to be um, very intentional that the way that we share Jesus. And and that's how the disciples did it. That's how um, everybody else that came after, they did it. They they made it intentional to who they were speaking to. And and that's why it's so cool of missionaries and their stories and and what they're doing around the world. Because, um, man, that's dope. But also... In, in this chapter as well is he talks about how cool the freaking Holy Spirit is like the Holy Spirit is doing these crazy things. You know, we're, we're talking about how we're not reaching, reaching Muslims yet. Muslims are coming to Christ. Um, he's experienced so many, so many Muslims um, just, just coming to Christ. And, you know, we asked that question, how, how is that happening? And guess what? The Holy Spirit's doing his work. Um, are we going to rely on him? Are we going to point, people to jesus too um but i i think it's cool that you know we we think that god's not working sometimes yet he's he's popping into people's dreams he's showing them that um he's the only way and i think there's nothing cooler than that so if people can't read and write once again like we talked about earlier let's meet them where they're at let's let's audibly tell them about jesus let's literally read the entire book to them if we have to i'm all in amen and Hunter, that, that really does lead me into one more one more idea, um, and that is that is families. Um, if you have a family and you're friends with another family who doesn't know the Lord, like what a great opportunity for you guys to live life together 
and they see they see a difference hopefully between their family and your family and you have a great opportunity to share Jesus with them because you know their context you know you know what's going on in their life um, better than than other people do and you have since you know their context you're able to relate to them and able to share the gospel in a way that is different for them because they are different from another family and so I think that's part of the diversity of God is that he just moves and in so many different ways and in ways that we can we, we think how in the world is he moving in this way but he is um, like hunter said through dreams through through people through through groups like um god moves and and like i said earlier he doesn't need us but he wants us and he wants us he wants he wants to use us and i hope that each one of us i hope that i hope that our families i hope that um, our small groups are um, pursuing um, people to uh, to befriend and, and to live life with, so that so that um, we can be we can be difference makers in their life only through the name of Jesus, only through Him. Is it Pew News time? Do you want me to lead in? Yeah, I think that only makes sense. Well, now it's time for our most enjoyable, most sacred, most intimate moment with you, the viewer at home. As we hear directly from you and throw it into our Practical for the Pew podcast. Yes, you're right. It is time for our weekly segment, Pew News. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Pew News. Wow, that is glorious. Well, for today's Pew News, we have a mom of one of our podcasters here who is very upset with the intro. But guess what? Mama's wrong again. Brandon, <laughs> go at it. <laughs> oh, my. Yes. Um, I guess to let the listeners in, if uh, you didn't already know, our intro is meant to make you laugh. So that's my goal, is to bring a little light to your day. Um, and I wrote it. So if there's any offense uh, for anyone else, I'm truly not really that sorry because, you know, it's a slide on me. So uh, with that said, uh, I hope that we have a new one at some point. Uh, but until then, we'll just keep trying to do better. I don't know. And what your mom feel about the uh, intro? So there's two... Um, well, Hunter said triggered earlier. There's two trigger words. One, it claims that I abandoned my youth ministry roots. And abandon has very negative connotation. Which is, I mean, I can buy that. Abandon is a, as a, a harsh word. Uh, however, there's, you know, somebody who's speaking right now who is no longer in youth ministry. So I have abandoned those roots. Um, what was the other one? Oh, it says I'm useless, uh, which she didn't make a very strong case saying that I'm not useless. She just said <laughs> that I'm her baby boy and she doesn't want me to feel like that. Um, but Hey, aren't moms awesome? Cause moms will be like, I don't want you to feel this way, even though it's accurate. <laughs> even though you it's haven't like... done anything for quite a while. Um, yeah 
It's like, Mom, I feel ugly. No, son, you're handsome in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, after looking, after doing statistical research for this show, I'm going to let her know that we are being heard around the globe. One percent of our listeners in Russia, like I mentioned earlier. So take that for useless. So there you have it. That's uh, a really disappointing edition of Pew News. Uh, I don't think people care too much about um, my mother coming to bat for me. That's okay. Well, that does it for this episode of Practical for the Pew podcast. Uh, thank you, moms, all around the world for listening to us. We greatly appreciate that. We would not be here without you. Um, but definitely those listeners, hey, we want we want reviews. Um, you can go on and whatever site you're listening to. Um, just, just give us a review, whether positive or negative, and tell us how we can improve, how we can get better. We would greatly appreciate that. Also, we would greatly appreciate it if you would follow us at Practical Pew on Twitter and on Instagram. And then uh, you can like our page on Facebook, Practical for the Pew Podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening and have a great, 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 great week.